Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO. And we're the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And every Tuesday at 2 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Time, the art of the CEO streams magically through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download uh, this episode by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. Once again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And we invite you to visit and explore for your benefit. Now, today's episode is entitled The Membership Economy, Life Trend or Sales Ploy. And the towering gods of radio waves have blessed us with today's guest, Ms. Robbie Kelman-Baxter, CEO of Peninsula Strategies, way out in Silicon Valley, and author of the best-selling and really signature book of this phenomenon, The Membership Economy. So, Robbie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bart. Thank you. Oh, I'm so glad. So glad you could join us. And I was wondering if, but before, uh, just as sort of a tease, just to catch everyone's attention, could you give us one stunning example or an effect of, of the membership economy? What's it that, that's going to mean something to us today and tomorrow? Yeah, so the membership economy is the single best way to guarantee retention uh, of your customers in the 90-plus percent range. No kidding. So um, it, it really changes the the nature of the kind of relationship that you have with your customers, and it results in retention like we've never seen before. All righty. Now, so there you go. There's uh, a benefit flowing our way, and it looks like we've got a great feast of wisdom in store for each individual out there. And so whether you're a cross-cultural consultant trying to show a hoodie entrepreneur how to make her way in Tokyo, like Andrew does, or a custom bicycle designer personally tailoring his speed machines to everyone from disabled war vets and Olympic racers, like Happy, we're here to bring you the sage counsel from business masters to aid your career and your ventures. And so before Robbie and I really begin slugging it out over the reality of the membership economy and how you may allow you to discern your place in it, let's take a moment out there to supply you with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. And first, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you, hearing my voice, that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, since that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you guard that most precious asset of your time and thoughtfully structure some nice way to joyfully employ your skills? Or will you follow the protocols of others and let your hours remain unexamined and frittered? The choice is truly yours, my friends. And now, as a second utensil, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me thumb through. Okay, Okay, all right, this is one. This is number 49. When it comes to aggressively leaning in, it works a lot better to demand more of yourself than of others. (laughs) And as (laughs) an afterthought, you know, assertively thumping on your boss's desk to demand your rights is very popular pundit advice these days. But in truth, 
loud confrontational demands. They may get you listened to, that's true, but they're not going to get you invited back. And frankly, Scarlet, bosses tend to favor those who work their butts off and contribute a lot more than those who demand a lot. So don't let the door hit you in the behind as you're leaning in. It's just a thought. <laughs> uh, and as a third utensil, and perhaps we should call today's utensil the rented fish fork, right now we're going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to mail us the name of that author as you believe him or her to be. Simply write down the name and mail it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, we will send you a marvelous gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said... I may not be the smartest fellow in the world, but I sure can pick the smartest people to do business with. <laughs> Those words were spoken by the one CEO who's got the whole world's attention, head of Black Hawk Partners, Mr. Zaid Abelnour. So now, let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom and let Robbie convince you and me that we are revolutionarily shifting toward a more social village based on consumeristic tribes. So, Robbie... Uh, as a, a, my first thought, my first question, let's let's get ourselves on track. Give us a good a, a definition. Let's define our terms. What's a good definition of the membership economy? So the membership economy is a massive trend that is changing uh-huh. the way organizations can connect and serve their audiences. And mm. it is defined by um, a move from the transactional to the relational from okay. the anonymous to the known, um, and from uh, one-way communication where the organization just kind of pummels you with messages to right. not just a two-way communication, but actually a real conversation between you, the organization, and the other people involved in the organization. So it's an open yeah. conversation among peers. Okay, that's that's a, a, an issue that you and I perhaps may wrangle over that last bit. But now the membership <laughs> economy has been out for the, the book. I'm sorry, as your excellent book has been out for a good year, been selling well, and it's been about half that time since we last got together. So, could you are are there some new trends uh, that that you see in this new method of sale of the membership economy? Is there something uh, any updates you need to give us? Um, yeah, so so the big trend on the cutting edge that I'm finding fascinating is a move to the physical membership economy. So I'm seeing an increasing number of organizations that actually sell sell products, stuff um, that are that are um, building membership economy kinds of models. So you see um, Amazon.com's subscribe and save. You see. Um, Dollar Shave Club, you see all of the subscription boxes that are all about discovery and surprise, like Birch Box and Pop Sugar, um, Trunk Club for the well-dressed gentleman, things like that. So <laughs> that's very exciting to me um, because it, it um, in, in most cases, it saves uh, the consumer cost and it allows them to discover new opportunities and new offerings. And it's really convenient, um, kind of cutting out the middleman um, that is the uh, the dreaded retailer. So, so that well, it is sounds like I'm... what you're saying to me is is that you've got you've got factories selling uh, selling their goods out the back door and cutting their retailers' throats. Uh, is that so? Uh, 
selling out the back door implies that the experience for the consumer is subpar. And I actually ah, think that for you. the experience is, is better for the consumer. If I don't have to um, pick up my, let's say, my toilet paper at the store, or I don't have to remember to get my acne cream at the pharmacy, and it just comes to my house um, in a beautiful box, maybe with a couple of other sample products that I might enjoy, that's actually a pretty great experience. Um, and Touche. Well, Cutting, yeah, and cutting, I would say it's not really cutting the retailer's throat. It's recognizing the, the, the benefit that the retailer had provided is no longer necessary. Okay. Uh, but, you know, you gotta, I, I, I think you're, we're still going to rankle over this issue of your mistaking of, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, I think that you are mistaken <laughs> uh, purchases for kinship. And uh, I mean, yeah. frankly, be it Netflix or the Reddit Auto or, or even my daily news, I'm not defined by my purchases. I don't feel that. And secondly, I, if I'm renting, if I'm buying a Mercedes or I'm renting a Zipcar, I don't think of myself as a Mercedes person. And frankly, I don't give a flying hoot about all those other folks who bought or rented one. So where is this membership? Yeah. So. Um, for me, you know, so, so membership is a continuum, and there are people who don't ever use the word member and still, you know, behave like a member. Uh, that is having a forever transaction where they've made a commitment to one organization or product and have stopped thinking about alternatives. Um, so that may be the case, I don't know, with your, with your Mercedes or even with Zipcar where you say, I don't have a car anymore, I use Zipcar um, it doesn't mean that I wear a Zipcar T-shirt and want to talk about it with other Zipcar yeah, participants, yeah. but it does mean that I'm that I'm committed to this and I don't think anymore. I'm not I'm not thinking about that transaction anymore. That decision has been made, and that's really what this okay. membership is about. So, so what you're saying is yeah. that it the, the the big thing you're pointing out here is that I'm. Uh, well, I'm continually buying, which is, of course, gives recurring revenue to uh, Zipcar as opposed to Mercedes, mm-hmm. who gets who gets their lump sum bang once. And uh, th- I mean that I understand, and I understand the idea of of, of going to use. But you uh, is my membership o- only with the company? I mean that, that's the way it seems to me because it certainly isn't with the other purchasers, or at least I, I right. see no well, kinship. So- I don't see a consumeristic tribe. Well, so you have a choice. Um, And and like I said, I see this as a continuum. So there are some organizations that I think are fully engaging in the membership economy and using all of the tactics at their disposal, and some of them stop short of the community piece, um, which I think Uh there are some occasions where that's fine. So let's say um, pay cycle, online payroll. Um, the, 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 The users of the pay cycle product are generally small business owners, probably a lot of people um, listening to us today um, the things that they like to talk about with their peers are probably not how they do payroll, right? They want to talk about how they're growing their business. They want to talk about right. how they're thinking about succession planning. Maybe, you know, accounting is very, very bottom of the list. And even among accounting professionals, they tend not to be a very networky, um, communication-oriented group. I'm making a huge generalization. Gee, you, wait a minute, wait a minute. Robbie, excuse me. <laughs> I have to interrupt. Are you telling me that, that accountants are not the most communicative people in the world? <laughs> Based on my personal <laughs> experience, 
that has been, you know, that re- relative to the, you know, when I'm doing a lot of speeches now, I'm doing a lot of keynotes, and I've spoken sure. to groups of accountants who are brilliant, you know, brilliant minds and interesting people. Uh-huh. And I've talked to sales organizations, and let me tell you, they do not yeah. need to be wearing name tags for you to know which room you're in. <laughs> there's there's a, a saying I have that that uh, that what is it is that an uh, an effusive uh, an effusive CPA is someone who goes to a party and looks down at your shoes rather than his own. <laughs> but uh, that, that's unfair though, and my apologies to all my many friends who uh, I know several loudmouth accountants uh, who are almost as, as uh, open mouth as I am. But uh, really, to get I, I I cut you off, and that's that's unfair because you're saying that I, I think you're. Would I be fair to say you're pointing to a freedom that for for the business that is my business now uh, doesn't worry about HR; it worries about growth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so this is yeah. But where's the? I mean, that's that's just some. That's that's outsourcing. I mean, I outsource. I've also outsourced my CF. Uh, if, if I'm a, a mid-sized firm, I may have outsourced my CFO. You know, I'm 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 renting a CFO. Right. Um, so if you're renting a CFO, if you're this mm-hmm. is a great example. If you're renting a CFO, okay. you could see it as an anonymous rental, um, right. or you could see it as something that is. You know, you could see it as a body in a seat, and you know, I don't. You know, he does a few transactions for me, or right. that. Right rental CFO place can continue to provide you with benefits that continues to expand the value that you get from them. And it's their well, choice of how they yeah. want to treat it you. Seems, but it seems to me like there's a loss here. The loss is uh, that I'm not, I haven't got a real person that I'm talking to. I've got a succession of people. I've got, it, it's like having a cleaning woman versus several strangers from Mary Maid come rolling through every time. Right. Um, and when you, Yes, when you have the stranger. So if you're marinade, I'm, you're giving me like so many examples. I want to, I want to, you know, engage on them. <laughs> you talk about you talk about okay. marinades, right? Which is a really interesting model. Um, on the yeah, one yeah. hand, uh-huh. you lose the relationship you might have with your, you know, your cleaning team that you've known forever, and they cut same people every week. On the other hand, what right. they're trying to do is establish that kind of relationship and trust with the brand, where you say, you know, all the marinade. You know, when I see somebody coming up in a marinade's car, I know. They're going to be friendly. They're going to be honest. They're going to be efficient. They're going to have some expertise about green cleaning methods, um, oh, and, okay. and that that. And I feel comfortable in that community. I know how they're going to act. I know the process. Like I go to Bikram oh. Yoga, and any Bikram right. studio in the world that I go to, and I've been to them in Asia, and I've been to them in Europe, um, and I've been to them all over the United States. Um, you do I the same see. thing, and the the studio kind of feels the same, and the culture in the room is the same. So I feel um, connected, mm-hmm. even though like, I, it's not like I'm going to chat him up and say, why don't you give me a tour of London since we're both Bikram practitioners. Right, right, huh? um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's more about feeling like I belong and not having to make a new decision like, oh, now I'm you know, traveling. What kind of exercise am I going to do? You have to, oh, no, I can go to Bikram. It'll be the same. I don't have to have – I don't have to get up to speed on how they do their activity. I don't have to rethink it. And what you're trying to do yeah, is a business Yeah, so it's kind owner. of like the old uh, – it, well, it's, it's in a way, it's like the Hilton and Sheridan model of no surprises. Uh, yes. But there's also something that, that I see you're coming to, and that is that I have to, as, if I, as a business owner who wants to create this 
sense of community, I better really get my people, my, my Molly Maids, every one of them had better know green products. They'd better be friendly. They better, in other words, we're yeah. putting on us. Uh, so would I be right to say that, that it becomes much more incumbent on the, the owner to make every employee a spokesperson, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and also, I mean, here's the crux of it, because, you know, you've said to okay. me, is this just a sales ploy? The, the crux of it is that you are committed to helping the customer achieve their mission as opposed to the focus being on your own product. So in the case of Mary Maids, you know, my yeah. mission, which I don't actually work with Mary Maids, but my mission would be, um, you know, I want to know that somebody's going to, you know, that my house is going to stay clean and that the people are going to be trustworthy and they're going to use green products and that they're going to take the same amount of time and I'm not going to have to train them. Right. And if I commit right. to giving them my credit card with a, you know, um, they call it not an auto deposit, but what's the opposite, an yeah. auto withdrawal, um, uh-huh. that, that in exchange yeah. for that trust, my house is always going to be clean. Okay. You, the, this is true. I mean, from the, uh, from the feeling that, I mean, I have, uh, I've undergone a ludicrous uh, number of, of injuries, and so I've been hiring a lot of other people to do things for me, and it's it has freed my mind as well as my body from doing these chores. And, and this I can see, but I think what I like the idea of what you're saying about getting closer to the customer and really taking a, a, a personal involvement because you've got to, because if you're going to put that brand out there uh, you, they, you, you, and keep that membership up, uh, you better be not only the same but good and the same all the way through, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Oh, and you want okay. the consumer to not have to worry about it anymore. Ah, uh, so you're freeing my mind, Robbie. I have. Uh, you're going to be very proud of me when we come back. I'm going to tell <laughs> you something I did membershipingly, and but but, but and you'll, you'll be very proud of me. But in the meantime. Um, I want you, I was wondering if, if we could, uh, take a brief pause now here as we come along. Um, because ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the art of the CEO show streaming live from blog talk radio. And we have now come to the midpoint of today's feast. So why do we not, uh, set aside a few moments for a brief survey and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, the creator of, among several other divisions, Bart's Books, uh, Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit bartsbooks.com, and that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of practical business uh, wisdom from many, many masters. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing would like to invite you to take uh, a look at one of their books entitled... The Membership Economy, with the subtitle of Find Your Super Users, Master the Forever Transaction, and Build Recurring Revenue, which is something I like. I like recurring revenue. But seriously, this, <laughs> book, <laughs> this book is cogently penned by our, our very own uh, Robbie Kelman-Baxter, and uh, with Prometheus, uh, it was published by McGraw-Hill, and with whom we at Prometheus Publishing have partnered to help distribute her gospel, and that's what we're discussing today. But one main reason I'd like you to pick up this book is that something big is happening under our noses, and Robbie is one of the very few people to both see and entertainingly detail what's happening to us. Something's going on beneath your feet. She saw it, and most of us, 
uh, have not. So uh, that's something that we should always keep our eyes up for, that sort of the subtle philosophy around us. And secondly, I would like everyone to be on the lookout for another brand new, even more laughably ridiculous and penetratingly insightful version of 101 Best Business Quips. Yes, my friends, we are coming out with another brand new version of this little pocket full of wise laughter. So keep watching BarsBooks.com for the the best business quips of 2016. And of course, to, you should all give yourself an excited an encyclopedic grasp of business laughter and pick up the original one uh, available at BartsBooks.com. But enough of that. Ladies and gentlemen and sun-blinded Californians and snow-blinded Northeasterners, let us return to Robbie Baxter and discover more about the membership economy. And Robbie, what I would—I promised you I would tell you something that would make you proud of me. And what I did was uh, I was in New York City and I joined uh, – I'm an inveterate bike rider. And so I availed myself of Manhattan's vast herds of city bikes. It's this thing where you buy a pass, stick in your coin, uh, your little token, you pull out a bike, ride to your destination, you drop it back in the rack wherever it was. I love it. It's great. Uh, but still, I'm going to say uh, there was no membership involved. I felt no kinship with this tribe. There was a lovely girl who was putting her bike next to mine, uh, but we're not going to get married and have children. And so uh, am I missing something, or is this just a taxi on two wheels? Um, so so first of all, uh, the membership economy is about um, a couple of things. One of them is using technology to extend the infrastructure that enables trust. So you're able uh-huh. to borrow bicycles without, you know, the difference with a, between that and a, and a taxi is there's actually a guy that owns the taxi or that's, that's in charge of the taxi that's in the car with you. You don't have the freedom like you do in a zip car to actually go on your own and have complete control oh, okay. over the driving, Touché. right? And so there's, there's a level of, of trust and community, um, not necessarily that last frontier of you and the other riders, although I would argue that there might be ways to, to enable that, um, not necessarily in the dating approach, um, to, you said, I think, no, to, to get married, um, but oh. maybe to um, share information about safer routes. Um, you know, if they wanted to, they could put little, you know, I'm making this up, but they could put little um, trackers on the bikes and um, uh-huh. get feedback from people on, you know, this, is, this, was, this was your path today. Was there anything that you want to alert other riders with? And it could be like a Waze uh-huh. model, W-A-Z-E, where I you're see. informing people, you know, Fifth Avenue is actually wide open, but, you know, be careful of, you know, the construction that's going on here. You can't, you know, it clogs up the bike lane. Um, so gotcha, that would be gotcha. the kind of community. Not, not all communities are the same, although people are saying no, that no. they're actually finding LinkedIn to be a great dating site these days, which I find fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I do say, well, you talk in your own book about uh, various loyalty programs. I think probably that might qualify. Um, it, it seems uh, a little bit like uh a Levittown development uh, trying to call itself a village, they have to be a little careful, don't they? I mean, the company that's, that's trying to reach out like that has to be a little careful, don't they? Um, yeah, absolutely. And there's, you know, um, there's a wonderful fiction book that I that I loved called The Circle, um, uh, oh. which is about, um, it, it's, it's sort of a, a little bit sci-fi, but, but very much in, in today's real world, about a woman who goes to work for a company that is somewhere between Facebook, Google, and eBay, and uh-huh. um, 
it ends up that the, the you know, I'm not, I'm kind of giving it away, but the, the, the CEO and the founders are actually kind of trying to take over the world um, by having all oh, of your why? information, having their employees sleep, um, you know, in these beautiful dorms that are right on campus, um, eat all their uh-huh. meals on campus, only be friends with people they work with, um, uh-huh. and, uh-huh. and be on screen 24 hours a day so that there's uh-huh. no privacy. Um, and so there is that kind of dystopian view. It sounds like of being membership. a Republican candidate, I guess, right, or something. Oh anyway, God. Oh boy. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So there, so there is, you know, there is a dark side. You know, every time you give information about yourself, there's um, there's a plus. There's something that you get for that, and there's also a cost. Um, the more we share about ourselves, the more known we are, and there are good and bad mm-hmm. things about that. Yeah. I, I think you're absolutely true, and this is one of the things that does disturb disturb me. I want to be, I want to go in and purchase or rent to use my item, and I don't want to become branded by it, whether it's by other users or by the company itself. And this this rankles with us all. Um, I was wondering if you could give us a take on uh, Uber, and they have something called a car trading practice because. You have to have a certain level of car to drive for Uber. And there are those who can drive and those who have the cars, and they've sort of set up a swap thing. Uh, is this an example of what you're saying? Uh, how does that fit into the, the new wave of the membership economy? Um, I'm not sure that I'm familiar with that trend. Okay. Okay, I, I sort of blindsided you there. I was curious, but you are familiar with Uber, don't you? The the the, the, te- oh, the yeah. service, right? Oh yeah, I was right? in an Uber yesterday. Yeah, and I yeah uh-huh. I know lots of people over there too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now they seem to have. Uh, it seems to me, am I not right in that the yellow cab could do exactly the same thing? That is, call for appointments. And is this not just really a difference in branding and emphasis between? Uh, the Uber and the yellow cab. In, in other words, can't you say, yes, I will be at your door uh, whenever you call me. Just call in here and we'll we'll have a car over for you at 7.15, ma'am. I mean, uh, what? Yeah, no, I, so, so interestingly, I was in Florida a couple of weeks ago giving a talk, and right. um, they had little stickers um, on there. I, I had to take a yellow cab because I forget which, which airport I was at, um, but they didn't allow Uber on the um, – you know, on the premises, they had a very, very strong yeah. um, taxi lobby in that region. And I was mm-hmm. talking to the driver about it, and, and there was a sticker that said, did you know that you can call for a taxi and we have our own app? And it was basically a, a copy of the Uber um, customer yeah. experience. Um, mm-hmm. But but what's different, I mean, there's there's a couple of things that are different. Um, there's, there's very okay. different economics um, because right. there's no medallions in place and medallions are just an outdated, you know, that's like, if you go to New York, you know, there's a lot of talk and medallions are selling for, you know, over a million dollars. So it's virtually impossible to become a small business owner, um, taxi driver, the way that it was intended. Um, most of the yeah. medallions are owned by corporations. But there is something, now, the argument on yeah. that, and I'd like to, I'd like to break in if I may, the argument is that <laughs> in New York for 14,000. <laughs> yes. Oh God, my wife says that too. It's just terrible. Anyway, anyway, um, no, it's, they they are able to to uh, they have fourteen thousand medallions in New York because they want to limit the number of cars, and they feel Uber has has been able to come in as, as an unregulated entity, and that that's that's something a little different. And um, but I also see that we're coming 
to uh, we're coming to the end. So um, if I am a business, Robbie, uh, and I I want to get hold of I want to present this sort of uh, the forever transaction and the continual relationship. Give me one hint. Uh, well, first I should read your book, and we've told you where you can get the book. But suppose I, I that's not good enough. Suppose I want to get uh, uh, I want to get you and I want to get uh, Peninsula Strategies. How can we get hold of you? Um, easy to find me. Um, website PeninsulaStrategies.com. Um, Twitter Robbie Bax. Uh, you know, e- info at Robbie, uh, info at com or info at um, PeninsulaStrategies.com. All of those will get you to me. And uh, if you read the book, uh, my contact information is on the last page. So uh-huh. uh, super easy to reach. And, I, you know, I'm a consultant who wrote a book, so I'm happy to, to help people. And if any of your listeners uh, want to dig in deeper and figure out how to apply a, mind, a mindset of membership to their business, I'd be delighted to, to chat with them. And one final thought: Give me one or two sentences. What is the mindset of mindset of membership? What is it? It's um, focusing on the long term success of the customer. Okay. Thank you. I, you know, that really says it very well. That's great. Robbie, I'd like to thank you so much for coming by. Um, and you were, again, cogent and sharp, and you explained it so well. And I think a lot of us uh, who have businesses or work in them are going to take a whole new view of it. And, again, I I'm thank so you very much for coming on. So, Thanks for having and gentlemen, me. Oh, this has been great. This has been fun. And, you know, as we round out the show, I'd just like you to leave, uh, well, allow me to leave you with today's business quotation. And uh, so who was it who said, if I had to do it all over again, I'd make the same mistakes, only sooner. (laughs) And as a hint, wild, wicked, fun, and a brilliantly uh, ahead of her field, this woman enjoyed many of the mistakes and took others right along with her. And so remember, if you know the author of this quote, just write the date of the uh, show and the author's name as you believe him or her to be and send it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely astounding, life-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And finally, parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, we don't want a mansion so much as we want a happy home then why seek dollars over a fulfilling career? Just a thought. So to all you faithful and playful listeners, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Robbie and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows at blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. And next week, do tune in to blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo to catch the penetrating philosophy of the renowned speaker and author, Mr. Gary Douglas, as Bart and Gary bring to light the two, the ancient topic of men and women in business, the oddest coupling. They'll both talk about their books, and it's going to be great fun and enlightening. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. <laughs>